Is that good? I genuinely can't tell if that's good. G'day guys, hello. It's Aiden Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 31st of May 2022. How you doing? You doing okay? I'm in a very echoey room uh, in my friend's place. Oh god, and there's the yawn. There it is. There's the yawn. We enjoy it. We love it. Um, echoey room above my friend's place, or in my friend's place on the second story up here in Brisbane. It's a beautiful sunny day today. I only just noticed that. Fuck, man. Last night, there. I don't know what this machine was. It was like the biggest truck I've ever seen on like a suburban street. There was just. We got the Uber home from the gig. Me and one of the guys I'm staying with, and um, we couldn't turn into their street because like the right turn was blocked off. So we got out and walked, and there were like four trucks. And then this huge, like, monstrosity of a machine trying to turn around on a fucking one lane each way, like a suburban street. They fucking, they, they snapped one of the fucking little sapling trees that had been planted on the side of the thing. If, anyway, but we, like, we got home at like 10 or so, or maybe even 9.30, and they had like just started working and they worked all through the night churning up the fucking street like like hammers and shit and then i go down there today to go to audi to buy a bunch of stuff because i'm staying here for the week and i come back and i see on the sign they're working from 8 p.m till 5 a.m for like three weeks are you fucking kidding me cunt how does that (laughs) who signed off on this it was so loud, man. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. What? It doesn't even look like the street needs to be remade or if they're, re- you know, maybe they're fucking putting a new surface on the street. It's just not fair. It was so loud. You know, I slept through it. It'll be fine, but it's just it's very upsetting, isn't it? Anyway, how are you guys doing? I've got James Donald Forbes McCann on the podcast this week. Got an interview. Fucking maybe I'll start doing some interviews again. <laughs> it's more work, isn't it, to do interviews? Um, which is, I think, why I steer clear of it. But it's nice, man. We had a really good chat. We met up. We did a gig together at Rhino Room in Adelaide on Friday. Um, headlined by the great Amos Gill. Adelaide's own Amos Gill. And, um, yeah, I was just doing a guest spot on the gig. And it was, you know, a lot of fun. Um James was emceeing and uh, he wasn't very happy with the job that he did. I don't think anyone was really happy with the sets that they had. The crowd were like, they were nice and there was a lot of them and they were listening, but they weren't really like, I don't know. They they didn't really get in on board with the show at many points during the show, you know. It always felt like you were kind of fighting with them and I think James was very hard on himself because of that. And um, McCann... I talk about it in the, like, I, I kind of talked to him about how we first kind of crossed paths, which is that he, he was running a, um, he was running a fucking, like, alternative uni magazine. When I was in uni, there's, like, the Adelaide Uni magazine called On D, and then James started running his own one with, like, a few friends, and uh, it was just the coolest thing. Like, it was, you know, 
these guys are doing their own like kind of fuck the system. This is our magazine. We don't have to write for your magazine. We're going to do our own one. And the guy's always like, he's so fucking smart. And, um, you'll hear a couple of times, like the way he just, his vocabulary is a very intelligent vocabulary, which is something that I really appreciate and respect a lot. You know, that makes me like someone if they're going to use like crazy words and James Donald Forbes McCow. I mean, the fact that he uses four names, he goes by four names, James Donald Forbes McCann. <laughs> He's branded himself like that. Um, you know, as a very kind of intellectual, uh, smarter, like holier than thou. He's not holier than thou, but he's definitely smarter than thou. Um, but he also has these like conservative politics, you know, that he genuinely believes in, which is not something that a lot of people in the arts would, you know, like openly admit to and talk about. And he fucking wears those on his sleeve. And, um, and he's also religious, you know, he's Catholic, which not a lot of people would subscribe to. Like, he's just a really fucking unique dude, man. And everyone knows. I mean, no one is in any doubt um, as to the talent and the, the, the fucking, like, how funny the guy is. But um, for some reason, and I think I'm seeing more and more, like, that we have in common on this. Like, we're very different performers and, and you know, different people. But something that we share is that for whatever reason it is, we can't like find the mainstream success and the widespread audience that we're after. And maybe it's due to lack of work. It might be due to lack of work, you know, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> or not applying ourselves in the kind of correct way. Um, but we kind of talk about that and, and, you know, recently for the last couple of years, for the last few years, whenever I see James, like, it's always good. I mean, he, fuck, man, he makes me laugh so hard. I get in this podcast a few times. He just gets, like, I get giddy <laughs> talking to the dude. Because <coughs> he, um, he just fucking goes, man. He picks up a thing and just runs with it. And he seems to have all these fucking ideas and, you know, ways that he wants the world to be or that he wants his life to be. And it's very intoxicating to be around. So, um, yeah, we talked about that. Um, we talked about, we, we kind of commiserated together on, um, on the fact that we're not happy with where we are in our careers and in our lives. Um, but what I really enjoyed about the conversation is that he has like, there's beneath all of this like funny stuff and his insane voice and how loud he is and all his ideas. He, you know, he's got a wife and two kids and he loves them. And, um, I think that was evident in the conversation that we had, which I think was really nice. Um, do I want to talk about anything else that I've done this week? Adelaide was great. Adelaide, uh, I, uh, I spent some time in my, oh man, actually this was fucking embarrassing. Um, I went out with my mum on Thursday night. We went to dinner and a movie and, um, how nice is that? I went on like date night with my mum. It was great. And, uh, I think we're both in this kind of place where, I know I'm starting to come around on the idea that Adelaide is not shit, that I like it, it's good and I can like it and that's okay and just because I don't live there doesn't mean that it's bad, you know, or just because it was this place that I was kind of getting away from and, and trying to distance myself from when I was younger doesn't mean that 
it's objectively bad. Like I'm allowed to have the opinion that I don't want to live there and also still like it, you know, and to, to kind of, I'm working on having those, I'm working on the way that I think about Adelaide because in a way that's kind of reconciling who I am now with a part of myself from the past. And I think my mum kind of knows that. And so it feels like we're on this joint project to, you know, enjoy Adelaide together and have me enjoy Adelaide so that I, I don't know. It just, it feels like it's an important thing to do and for us to do together. And, you know, there's our relationship. It's a part of that, whatever. So, um, it was really nice just to go out. We went for dinner at this place, Amalfi, which was great Italian joint and pasta and pizza and whatever. And then we're going to go see everything everywhere all at once, which I've seen, she hadn't seen. So I was like, let's fucking go. And we got to go and see this movie. You know, it's amazing. Oh, oh my God, I do have a tea here. Fucking God, the yawns when they come. So we sit down for dinner and there's a table next to us and uh, it's like a the dad, the, the parents must be maybe in their late 30s, early 40s or something. It's two parents. They've got a kid who is like, like I don't know, maybe he's like seven. And then they've got a friend there who's like a friend of theirs who's flown in from Melbourne. Um, and we're talking to them and, and, you know, we order around the same time and uh, the service was kind of slow, but it was fine. But we we're making jokes about that. They were really busy. And uh, and this kid is just fucking going nuts, man. He's just like jumping around and my mum's like, "You, that was you, Aiden. so don't, you know, that was you, mate. And the parents are laughing and they're like, you know, we're telling them, you know, they're like, oh, is this like a mother-son? And we're like, yeah, we're going for dinner and then a movie and that's nice. And these guys and we're learning about them and chatting and then we have our food. And then, um, and then right at the end of the meal, mum's going in to pay. My mum pays, right? I've bought the movie tickets. To be honest, I didn't intend on buying the movie tickets, but she was being slow and I was worried that we weren't going to get seats in the movie. So I was like, I'll buy the movie tickets. And uh, mum goes in to pay and the dad of the family, who's like at this point, you know, he's only like maybe five, eight years older than me. Like I could, we could kind of be contemporaries. He's closer to my age than he is to my mum's age. And uh, he shouts me, he's like, are you letting mum, oi, oi, are you letting mum pay? <laughs> And I looked at him like, fuck, man. He's like, are you letting mum pay, mate? Fucking hell, man. Like, what's she going to give you a little hot chocolate when you go home? Tuck you in. I can see why you came from Melbourne now, mate. You're letting mum pay for dinner. (laughs) Just roasting me about... And I mean, he's right, isn't he? I should be fucking paying for dinner when I come and visit my mum. God damn it. That would be a great thing to do. But that would require that I have some fucking decent source of income, you know, that I'm not just living hand to mouth again, doing comedy. I wanted to be like, man, I'm a comedian, but I just took it. I was like, oh God, I didn't realize I was signing up for a roasting when I sat down next to you guys. Um, yeah, so that was embarrassing. We went and saw the movie. It was great. Go and see everything, everywhere all at once. If you haven't seen it, it's incredible. It's about families. It's about relationships between people and it's high concept and it's, you know, whatever. Um, that was really funny. I told my mom about that and she laughed. She was like, yeah, did you tell him what you do for a living? I was like, what do I do for a living? I don't know. (laughs) Do I make a living doing comedy? Not really. 
Anyway, um, look, I hope you guys enjoy this uh, interview with James Donald Falls McCann. I really loved it. And uh, if you're in, um, if you're in Brisbane, I am not doing a solo show here this week, but I'm playing the sit down and uh, good chat comedy club all week and doing various gigs around the place. So um, go come down to good chat or the sit down if you want to come and see me do some comedy. And next week I'm in Sydney doing the comedy store. Come and see that. Um, Oh, and actually, I've got tickets on sale for a couple of regional gigs in Victoria. Just went on sale, uh, one in Geelong and one in Castlemaine. In I think the uh, Castlemaine one is the 30th of June and Geelong is the 7th of July, where I will be doing my solo show. So if you know anyone in either of those two places, um, tell them to get tickets. I think Newcastle is going to go on sale in New South Wales soon as well. Um, but anyway, they, as they all go on sale, they will be up on my website, which is www.aidenjonescomedy.com. Um, follow the Instagram for this fucking, this podcast, sitting under podcast, give us reviews, all that shit. Who cares? Now enjoy this interview with James Donald Falls McCann. I, I don't know how like I want to start this conversation, but um, maybe this is a good jumping off point. And I think I've told you about this, but because we're both from Adelaide, yes, and we, so you started comedy like a year before me. You yeah. started twenty eleven. Oh man, maybe even twenty ten. Two thousand nine. Oh, how old are you? I'm thirty one. Okay, I we're the same age. Right out of high school. When's your birthday? March eighteen. March eighteen. Oh, fifth ninety one. You're older than me. Whoa. Me, but I started when I was 17. Wow, man. Yeah. I started when I was 20. 20 I did my first gig, 2011. No, I was, it was, uh, it was before I started university. But, but, uh, when we were, we were at university together, Adelaide yes. University, but we weren't doing the same thing. I was doing a Bachelor of Arts and, and like a lot of drugs. I was doing a Bachelor of Arts and taking it very, very seriously. Oh, I did not take it seriously. <laughs> oh, I did a Bachelor of Science. I dropped out after six weeks. Renaissance man. Yes. No, um, I, my, I really, I did the classics and I uh, looked down <laughs> on people who were doing subjects like Bob Dylan. <laughs> like Bob Dylanology. From, from Beats to Bongs. So Bob Dylan in the 1960s. And I would be like, read but great you, literature, you, you dog. And that, and that makes sense because of what I know about you now, that yeah. what I'm going to say makes a lot of sense because you started your own Renegade Uni magazine. Oh, yes. In response to the, the like drudgery of On D, um, which is the classic we, Adelaide we Uni magazine. And it was called, what was it called? It's called Spur. Spur, and that's we, right. We tried Sam McDonough, who was at the gig tonight. Oh, really? That was your friend Sam, yes, my friend uh, Sam lawyer Sam. And a wonderful, one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. Yeah. Um, a woman named Saren Pryor Bonus. Just. I, Unbelievably smart. Great name. Wow. Unbelievably smart. <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to say then. I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> no, Saren Probanis. It's a wonderful name. She's a wonderful person. And um, and so it was the three of you guys. So Sam and I had run for On D. Mm -hmm. And we had, we, I sort of had a gentlemanly conception of elections and university. Like, yeah. None of this matters. We want to be the editor. Let's be independent. Yeah. And we'll just hand out flyers and put up posters and say we're going to have a fucking great magazine. Which is so great. That's such a strong, yeah. you know, oh, like we, we can do this. We got and... dominated because the other people who seemed like they were independent and nice got like all the political parties 
to back them or like the left like the the like the uni political people like yeah. the labor left and the greens on campus and stuff absolutely one of whom was Casey Briggs well wow. do you know Casey no that name sounds familiar he's that... the ABC stats man oh, I'm going to tell fun fact alright this is just happening tell me it's so, okay Oh. I haven't figured out how to say it. James this is yet. reeling from the uh, f- from the fucking no, power so of the fun. fact that okay. he's about to deliver. So I we start we lose the election. And I was I was devastated because I thought they fought the campaign in like an ungentlemanly way. All right. And that it was we were all meant to be at university and yeah. right, and they were like, for them though, and I see their side of it. It's like I need this on my resume. Right. I'm trying to cut through and have a fucking career. So on D needs to be an important magazine I, with some kind of heft. I need to get on D. And so we were just like, yeah, fuck it. Wouldn't it be sort it of, would be know, cool to write for on D. Well, they were thinking cool. years ahead, we you reckon? Even, we didn't even, we never written for on D. No. We like, Maybe we should run it. Yeah. Just because we can. Yeah. And, um, so we lost and then we started our own magazine and Saren came aboard and we met her uh-huh. and, uh, she did a lot of the work. Yeah, yeah, did. yeah. It was, I remember it was glossy. It looked nicer than on D. Man, I did, well, I didn't know how to find affordable prints. Yeah, so, so got, it was really expensive. I was sort of doing the, some of the money side of it. It was really expensive. And then it was a beautiful print. Yeah, I remember it, it was beautiful. And cheaper and cheaper. I did was just it. always looking for cheaper. Because I didn't want to pay. I didn't yeah, want it to be nice. Yeah, of course. You we wanted to make money. out of our own fucking pocket. Yeah. And we had advertising. And, anyway. Wow. So, but Casey Briggs, uh-huh. uh, I'd known him beforehand. Yeah. And I knew him because I was moving in that. Same, but I didn't realize they were all very political. Right. People. I just thought they were the people who went to music and yeah, yeah, and shit, yeah. They were you, all like you thought this was political. like a recreational magazine that people wanted to do and just whatever. But there, there was something uh, that I wasn't a part of because I was conservative even then. So okay. I didn't know that was going on. But I had a weird re- that really fractured my relationship with all of those people. Really. Except that I had a quiz night that I started after that at the Oriental. Okay. Which is no longer called that. Sure. But they would all, <laughs> they would all come to my quiz night. Yeah. Um, and it was great, but they would because these are like highly educated, very political people. Uh huh. They would argue furiously about the questions. They would badger. Wow. They would ask to. Are these check all studying things. law as well? These are now. Uh, as many of them have done law. Casey was, I think, mathematics and okay. sort of statistician. Yeah. And there are other people. And like, these people are now like, you could count them off. Like, that guy's very high up in the union movement. Wow. That guy's a big journalist. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That woman writes for the Financial Review. And these that were all on D the people. Economist. They were all on D and on D adjacent political people. Yeah, yeah. But Casey, who now is like, he was the COVID guy on the ABC who would go like, wow, here are the, here are the numbers. numbers. The he would come to my quiz nights and uh-huh. he would be like, just, he would. It was in good fun. Uh-huh. It was a nice time. I don't want to overstate it. Yeah. But if you were to like, I'm going to have to argue with someone tonight about the points for this quiz, Casey. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. Yesterday, this is like 12 years later. Yesterday, yeah. Casey now has like so many Twitter people. All of these drag queens in Sydney start going, fuck Casey Briggs. And I go, what? And I look into it. There was a drag trivia night. Oh my God. That Casey Briggs oh has gone Oh my God. To, and he's argued. With the drag, <laughs> and they're going, This is our space. This yes. is a, this is not for you to argue about the drag oh trivia. My God. And he is just I and don't know what he's done. I can only see their reaction to it. Wow. He's not acknowledging it, but it's but like he's done some type of thing. Well, it's like it's so in keeping with the character. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. The fact that that's his like so many people have. What's their classical flaw? I loves pussy. Yeah, I loves drugs. He's a gambler. He has to what's be right. Casey Briggs's classical flaw? He goes wild at quiz nights. Amazing. He can't help but get involved, and they're so angry. It's so beautiful. Yeah, sick. But so this was a guy who was on D. Who was it? Who was in so on he D? Edited it next. 
And you and, and we you, kept editing it for the next year. Because I wrote I wrote for on D a couple times when yeah. I started comedy, but I was doing like comedy, you know, mm-hmm. like articles. You never wrote for them. I think I wrote him a poem about how much I liked codeine. Sick. And I think I wrote. I'll just check this. And I think I wrote. Uh, and someone else wrote a review of an of a mixtape that I uh-huh. made. And I don't. I think I wrote something else for them, but I wrote very little for and them. And what kind of articles were you doing in Spur? I wrote a lot of the articles for Spur. <laughs> I would pretend, I would, um, and when I, I would do fake names after yeah. my first article. And I would oh, really? Go, to be like, we've got a big team. Oh. <laughs> you won't because be- I, honestly, you won't believe how many Asian women we have writing <laughs> for a magazine. Because I, um, I, I pitched you for an article, I remember, and I didn't hear back. And I've said this to you before, yeah. but I was very bitter. You and Lewis Dow. Lewis Dow did as well. Yeah. I, I was very angry. I was like, who the fuck is this James McCann fuck? Yeah. And why won't he recognize my... Because I was Hunter S. Thompson. I don't know if you knew that, but I was Hunter S. Thompson. beautiful and... All I can say. Is no, I didn't. I, di- I didn't even no. write it. I just was oh, like, I didn't it? even pitch an idea. I don't think. I think I was just like, you should, you should have right. me write for your well, magazine. Look, we probably should have. And I was so. D- <laughs> I now see how disorganized I was. Yeah. And also how, um, if I had, if I had acknowledged the way technology was going, uh huh, you would have done it online or I something. Would, well, I would have put it on we, Facebook we or whatever. Had an online component. Yeah. How long did it last Facebook. for? A year? Just like a year and a half. Nice. That's good. But I dropped out of university. Um, to do it. So it was like, I started uni. Yeah. I started my honors year. Uh-huh. We were doing this shit magazine and I dropped out and I was just doing, I did that. I wrote, I edited a magazine. I wrote with Demi, I wrote the Wolf Creek, the musical. Oh yes. With a solo show. Uh-huh. I think it was maybe. This is like 2012, show. 13, Wolf Creek. I think maybe even, yeah, maybe 2012. Yeah. I remember that was like a big thing when I started. It was when I started in Adelaide, it was like you and Demi and Amos it was and, a weird way. And Motaz Hamzy. Motaz. Ha- Motaz Hamdi. 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 And, then, uh, and shortly after that was Georgie and Ivan. Yeah. Ivan. I was at Ivan's gig. I was at the gig. first gig yeah. when he met Simon Palomares. We've spoken really? about that recently. It was the only Thursday I ever did before I moved to Melbourne in 2012. And Ivan Aristegueta met Simon Palomares and they're like friends to this day. How nice is that? And I remember I'm racked with racked with bitterness and was guilt. It, where, where, I remember was I remember it, was it, it, it no it was it was, no 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 it was Thursday Rhino. Man. And I remember uh, them talking together and I had just come back from being in Bolivia for a summer. Yeah. And I was like, I can fucking speak Spanish too in my head. Why yeah. these fucking they're talking, you know, Simon's the headliner. Oh, no, 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 I wasn't, I didn't even go over. I was too scared. I was just like, <laughs> why don't they talk to me? <laughs> I thought that, I just did some gigs in Sydney. <clears throat> and it, it's weird because Sydney is one place that I haven't been in ages. Yeah. I used to live there. Yeah. Sure did you? I, I lived there for, well, very briefly and I worked for pedestrian. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was great. Well, it was t- terrible. Uh, but I enjoyed Sydney. Yeah. But I didn't like any of the things I was doing there. Uh-huh. And, um. How did you get the job at Pedestrian? Yeah, it was, it was weird. Rip It Up had broken, had, had like shut down. Uh-huh. I was writing for Rip It Up. Yeah. And I applied for them. And then I did their, they had like a find three stories that you would write today. It was yeah. like a test. Yeah. And it was, it was such a weird moment where nobody, it was like 2015 and the alt-right thing was happening. Right. And they'd built their online. Like the tea party at that audience. kind of time? It was post tea party, but okay. it was like early Milo Yiannopoulos. Yeah, right. Like no one knew who Milo Yiannopoulos was. Uh huh. Um, but I was following this happening when yeah. I was at 
rip it up because you just have to be on the internet every day. Uh-huh. And because like I'm conservative and I noticed these things were sort of going on. Yeah. And so I managed to, in my application, write like three things that were, and like spin them as fa- like now, you, now you could never do it Yeah. because it, a story goes so fast into being into one of the echo chambers, but uh-huh. then it was like very loosey goosey. So that, Man, like a mass shooting had happened uh, in America. In America, and gay people were there was like a very small fraction of gay people who were starting to champion gun rights, right? To shoot back. Oh wow! And so it was like, and so I wrote them a thing like, if, okay, if I was writing to you today, I'd be like, this is the gay people love guns. Yeah, this in is an interesting. Today. This is an interesting thing. It's like a weird. This doesn't fit neatly into either one. Uh-huh. And today you would just go, well, that's a that's a right wing hate campaign. <laughs> to push, to right. Push guns. Yeah, but at the time it was just before an orthodoxy had crept in, so they would go. So they went like posters are going up around Florida telling gay people to buy guns. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something could which now sounds like it would be like a Vice article. Yeah, that sounds like it's a weird like we've got three niches at once and we're going to cover them all. Well, that's what they. I mean, Vice even now today I don't think does that. Yeah, at all. They'll just go. They used to go like here's a here's a thing that shouldn't exist. Yeah, let's report it very seriously. But now it's just like. How can we how can we wedge something pop culture into the orthodoxy? Do you know what I mean? This is something that's so interesting about you is like that. I, I mean, that's quite an astute, you know, like the the like of like gay people with guns. Yeah, that's like a I don't know what the word is, but like you you're like a conservative person. I'm now which very is Catholic. So rare, so rare in comedy. It doesn't happen heaps, but yeah. you're so. You managed to say stuff. I don't even know if it's got anything to do with your conservative politics, but you managed to say things on stage. And I don't know what it is. Like, maybe it's because you're conservative, so people don't take you as seriously. No one takes me seriously. People don't take the things that you say seriously. They have me on the ABC calling to reinstate, you know, the Catholic monarchy. Yeah. To overthrow. And I mean. I mean that, but I I think my voice is very silly. Yeah. I guess it's the voice. It is the point. <laughs> but you say, how did you come to be conservative? Because you genuinely, like, oh, sincerely I believe I do, yeah. conservative politics. Uh, What's your your family religious? I away. Uh, no, no, uh, more so now, but not then. We were Unitarian. Are you from whereabouts in Adelaide? Are you from? Are you from the fucking Parents eastern suburbs from, and stuff? Mum's from Elizabeth. Dad's from um, uh, Edwardstown. Oh wow. Elizabeth is we like, that's like the joke area of Adelaide. Area. That's the area that English people are like, Elizabeth, so yuck. It had more dignity. Yeah. And then but you didn't grow up big. Catholic. No, no, that came very late. And that's then, but I, I did go, I got, I, got to, I got to go to a nice school. We were in Glenelg when I was yeah. a little kid. And then we were in the East and I, my dad got a job at a private school. So I got to go there. Uh-huh. What but school? Like we were at Pembroke. Oh, but nice. We, we had no, like. <laughs> I thought money. that was a girls' school. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, For we, some reason it, in my head, I thought that was a girl's school. I'm a Loretta boy. Uh-huh. Man, that's crazy. So then you, and then is that a Catholic school? Nah. No. Nah. Catholic, Catholicism came after we left Sydney. Was the was the conservative politics first and then the Catholicism I followed? I think the conservatism was just like a gut thing. Yeah. I remember, um, yeah, I don't know what it was. I toyed around with that. Did you ever read um, Taki Mag, Taki Theodorakopoulos? Yes, I did. When I read I was him like, first through The Spectator. Yeah. And he is definitely an anti-Semite. Oh, he's crazy. I mean, um, all those guys. I, I read him through Gavin McGuinness, who started Vice. Yes. And Jim Goad. Yes, I used to read those guys I, when I, I was bought, like 17. I bought a Jim Goad book. I bought um, oh, the one about church ladies. I, don't, I, I reckon I bought one of his books as well. And he... It's weird, because Jim Goad definitely says things where I go, Jim, I, I simply can't go with you on that one. Yeah. I can't agree. Gavin McGuinness uh-huh. had a street gang. Yeah. It's very hard to dispute that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but easily of all the people I think who got cancelled is the most defensible one. Sure. I didn't know that he got cancelled. Oh, I mean, I don't know anything about been, this. I, I followed them for like maybe a year or so when I, I was like, I you just know. don't think he changed. Yeah. Uh, I think he, there's the big narrative around him changing. And it's not necessarily that he's right. I just don't think, like, I think it's very clear if you read advice from the time. Mm -hmm. If you read advice from 20 years ago, it feels pretty comfortable with where he's at now. Sure. And not at all comfortable with what anyone from Vice would do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Vice has kind of left now, is I, it? I don't know. I mean, or maybe they don't have politics and maybe they just want views. Uh, I don't know that they're getting them anymore, but mm -hmm. I think I've aged out. I don't know if anyone's reading yeah, it yeah, yeah. I just have love. Here's another, like, but I've left a lot of the right stuff because yeah. I just, I don't like You were a bit market. more political maybe five years ago. I feel like your comedy was quite political. Uh, it was a little more political, but I read, I mean, I read Ayn Rand when I was a teenager. Okay. I found that cool. I don't I really like, understand that. Uh, I don't really know what it's about. Shit, but I... No, I don't believe in any of that. And I just believe I want money for poor people. <laughs> yeah. I okay. I live in a Catholic theocracy. That's nice. Money for poor people. That's like a left thing. Yeah. But I want the poor people to have very strict rules about what they're allowed <laughs> to, to do. Money, but not freedom. I just, I think we should live in the, you know, you should have your little, I want to be a surf. <laughs> I want to work in the field and then go back to my family around the Oh, uh, that's you that I mean? silliness that I'm, I wanna, that no, I'm I talking I about. I know. I don't believe you when I don't believe you when you say that, but literate. I know that you're being honest. I don't honest. think I or anyone of my class should be allowed to read. <laughs> I want the priest to read to me. Oh, Tell me what fuck. it means. Don't make me make my mind up. It's yeah. exhausting. I really am a neo. I'm a neo feudalist. <laughs> and so fuck. So what do you like? And so now you're married and you've got two kids. Yes. Yeah. And you're trying to be a comedian. You're trying to make money from doing I don't comedy. Know what, the, what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. What well, do you, we're in Adelaide because my family's here. Yeah. I love it here. And you love living in Adelaide. It's very hard to do comedy here, so I have to tour and then I'm away. Yeah. And um, it's exhausting. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I I honestly don't know what to do. I can't make enough money. Nah. Um, I'm trying to write a book, and I don't know if that will. Like a memoir. It's just short essays. Yeah, I'm okay. Hold on. You got a minute? You got a minute? This is one yeah. I wrote backstage while waiting for Amos Gill to get yeah. on stage. All right, this one's called... How long is the essay? This one's called... No, this is short. Uh, who wrote to me? God, comedy night. <laughs> James McCann's checking his phone. By the way, we are in the front seat of James McCann's car. Yeah. Currently sitting in the McDonald's car park Surrender. after having some McDonald's. Here we go. This one's called Big Fat Ass. Fuck yeah. Kate Upton was the last hurrah for big tits. Oh, certainly big juicy tits haven't become unfashionable per se, but it's a booty culture now. I remember an old episode of Project Runway where Michael Kors complained that one of the outfits made the model look as though she had a big fat ass. And I can assure you, said Michael Kors, no woman wants to have a big fat ass. Michael, you fool, you Neville Chamberlain of the big fat ass. In just a few short years, every woman will want to have a big fat ass. And it just goes on about that. Great. Just asses. Yeah, sick. That's basically the book. Okay. Yeah. So the book is these like short little essays like that. It's about, yeah, 200 of them if I remember. Because uh, I'm trying to figure out how to tell people who you are to me. Because you're like the, the most, comedian I mean, you're time. so fucking interesting. You did James McCann's Beats to Study to. Oh, did yeah. You want some more music? I've got some more are music. You just you ma but I mean, you just like made that. Yeah, you should. You were making those fucking videos. Going on tour, yeah. making like tour videos. I'm, nothing will go viral, Aiden. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> saw them. I saw I them. That was need, so good. I just need one thing to go viral. I know, and, and none of it will go viral. Well, it's not very viral e. You're not, but you're not doing this for other people. You can tell everything that you put out 
is for you. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. But and that's what I think the people who love it love about but it. Isn't, uh, like you're doing this boat podcast now, which yeah. is like, you know, funny. But and I'm again, really, it seems like a sincere, you're being but, very kind. but it seems like a sincere, like the, the conceit of the podcast. And if people haven't listened, you should listen that's to the, the James Donald Forsman plan. <laughs> and the conceit of it is that you're trying to get a boat. You're trying yeah. to buy enough money to buy a boat. And you seem to be sincerely pursuing this goal, yeah. this r- insane Ridiculous goal. Like, it's clearly ridiculous. I'm after a boat. But you genuinely believe that you're going to own a boat, I think. That's because I'm going to buy a boat. (laughs) That's a big part of it. And this is like all of everything that you do. It's just for you. It's not, you're not (sighs) trying to appease, you know? But if you're really successful, like all the people who are really successful, that's sort of what they do. They do it just for them. And not all the people, like Justin Bieber, I don't know if... um, I mean, or maybe the thing that they love just happens to be the thing that millions of people love, and it's very broad as well. You know, I can't speculate. As I would to how. love it to coincide. But yeah, like yeah, Bo- yeah. Bowie is doing weird. He he has a big hit early on, uh-huh. but then he's basically doing his own stuff, and yeah. no one's paying a huge amount of attention. And yeah, then he, he has um, let's dance and modern love, and uh-huh. it, it's an accident, right? Uh-huh. Like it happens to coincide. Yeah. And so I I want nothing more than what I'm doing to coincide. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But also. Every time I did commercial radio for a while and I wanted to kill myself every day I was in that building. Like, I'm really, I wish I could want to do something more commercial. Yeah, totally. But you just don't. And having kids, like sometimes I say to myself, you know, I, I have the luxury of being a single man with no kids so I can just do these things for no money. Yes. And, but maybe if I had kids, I'd bite the bullet and, you know, do it. And you're in that position and you're not doing it. I don't know what it You would don't know like. how, but you don't know how. I would probably get a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> People seem to be doing pretty well on the old TikTok. Yeah, but, but I mean, I got a TikTok government. and I'm, you know, like, and I've got some followers, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I just can't do it, man. I'm, I'm honestly, you say this is very kind. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm going my own way. I'm being very independent. It's like, I'm. But really, I know you're not choosing to do it. Well, you're just like, doing I, it because that's all you know how to I'm do. I'm doing a podcast because I thought. I should have a podcast. Yeah. Because I thought, like, that'll help me provide for my family. Like, uh-huh. people are making a lot of money on that Yeah, podcast. yeah, yeah. And I really, all I'm trying to do is get clout. For the, the reason I'm so eager to do this right now is not so I don't go home to my <laughs> sweet wife. Yeah. It's because it's like, you told it's, me you get as many as 50 to 60 <laughs> listeners. And if 54 I can, is the agreed upon number. Well, if I can get some of those people to come over to James Dolphin, we can get them plan. Yeah. I'm writing that. Here's my idea that I had, because people have Patreons. Uh-huh. But no one wants to make Patreon content. No. Because it's, you're just servicing, you're keeping people there, but yeah. there's no growth in doing yes. Patreon content. So what if I start making Patreon content for other people's Patreon? <laughs> right? Like, rather than trying to get on the Mid-Flight Brawl podcast, here's my thing. You I make will Patreon make content Patreon for their podcast. For their po- and send it to them and be like, boys, yeah. you can give this to your people. Yeah. We'll live nowhere else. Yeah. You're giving them special value. Yes. What do you reckon about that? Yeah. And then, then maybe it just happens to be people. that it's not you. Oh, yeah. It happens to be not you. It happens to be me talking about the James Donald Forbes McCann catamaran plan a whole fucking lot. But does that, is that you're, an idea? You're can we make going, that work? Can I get an ad on your Patreon? Yeah. I wanted to literally... <laughs> I will swap your content for ads because Fuck, getting, that's funny. I've done one person's podcast, yeah. one big podcast since I started my podcast. Who was that? Sam Peterson. Yeah, nice. Idiots. Nice. Lovely podcast. Yeah. One of the most easygoing. Yeah. Sam's fu- easy to a, talk a to lovely, people. very funny man. To. The jump. Yeah. In my listenership is huge. Like I, if I was to, I, if, it doesn't matter. Did they stay? A percentage of them stayed. Like you can definitely see 
pre and post. Yeah, that's awesome. Peterson. Nice. Where it's like, you know, maybe I had 400 people come and listen to me after. Uh-huh. And 30 of them. Yes. Well, you know, whatever it is, 10% yeah. have stayed for all of them. So it's nice. like. That's and, great. But then you plateau again. And it's yeah. like, so if I can just, if I had enough of those clout building moments. Mm-hmm. I don't know what my percentage is. I mean, that's great to have a 10% oh. because I got, I had an article on the ABC and, yeah. and the next episode of my podcast got 150 listeners. Great. And that was a month and a half ago. And we stay? are back, baby. We, <laughs> we are, are, back? Back. We back, are down. back down to maybe 10 of them have stayed. So much of it is catching. Maybe 10 of them it's have stayed. Hold. Maybe 10 of them have stayed. I wrote an article, it's hard to say. I wrote an article to try and get on the ABC. Yeah. And on and ABC News. I pitched it to everybody and no uh-huh. one wrote it. Uh-huh. And it was, the house prices are so high. There's a problem. I can't do it now because then there was a war in the Ukraine. Yeah. It's, excuse me, a war in Ukraine. Uh huh. Yes. I apologize. Yeah. And um. And and house prices are actually coming down, and then the election happened. But it was meet the millennials, the uh-huh. millennials who live in the sea. <laughs> and so it's an article written by me, but it's also a joke featuring me yes. as a man. Who's oh a boat my god, podcast. the boat owner. <laughs> yeah. Like I want to buy a boat and live in the sea. It's cheaper that way. And I had some people write back and go. Okay, it's a nice article. We're not publishing it. Yeah, but, but thank I thought, you. I thought if I could get the millennials thing yeah. to pop off, maybe yeah. I'll try it again. But so you told me today you're writing for board games and you made a bit of money from that. I'm making good money on board games. That's good. Yeah. That's a good, is that a direction that you want to continue <sighs> no, on? No, man. I want to write this book and I want to work in a farm with my factory. <laughs> yeah, and, fa- and, and your family. I want, I want to put, I want to put. Fruits in jars. Yeah. And put a label on it and put it in high end shops. Is that your perfect life? What was your what what would you what do you want? What's your special McCann family tomato sauce? Yeah. And it's got, you know, and I can pass that on to my children. Yeah. That's really the what, EST 2023. What would you want? You want to live in Adelaide and, and be a comedian. I'd like to have a big property in the hills. Uh-huh. I want my children to be happy. Yeah. I want to get closer to God. Yeah. I want to have time to, I want to pray more. I want to not make time to pray. I want to, I want to be, you know, I want to be, I want to rectify my relationship with God and I want my wife to be happy and I want my children to be educated and I want them to be outside of this this, this, you know what I'm talking about? Whatever this is, whatever this is that we're in here, I want them to be outside of that and to just be natural, good, as happy as they can be. As creatures stained by Uh original sin, all fucked up, I Uh want to give them the best shot at at finding happiness and and gone. That's where I'm at. I'm just looking at my review window. That's really nice, man. But what else can we do, man? I don't know what else we get. I'd also like to gig in the UK sometimes. Yeah. I mean, there is an, yeah, you want some stuff for yourself. That's all for like other people. Uh, I guess you just want the people around you to be happy. I mean, that's nice. Like, I don't know. I think that's how I get there. I can't help it. Yeah. That that's the answer. Like I'm not perfect. Tonight I was real bad. I I thought you were great tonight. You did a great job as a agent. Aiden, I was turgid. (laughs) I was slow. (laughs) I was meandering. I mean, but that's James Donald Forbes McCann. That's the brand. That's what people come back for. If I honestly, if they, if, if I could just get, this is, (laughs) is, I wake up every day. This is it. I know. I I think the same thing, man. I'm in that spot. I go, I go, if I could just have that fucking thing, but then you go, you know, if you like said to me 10 years ago, when I started comedy that I would have a special and that I would be able to just book gigs in Brisbane and cool. see I'm doing it's the wonderful. comedy store, you know, it's, it's great, but wonderful. I'm not happy. 
and like people get stuff well, and you still see them not being happy. You say that because yeah, I, I mean, I'm not happy with what I have. Of course not. No, I want more. But I, you need to be happy with what well, you have. I'm trying to learn love. how to be happy with what I have. This is the joy of love and the children is you can't be happy with what you have because it's like, unless you have plenty. Right. Because all I think is like, you know, we don't believe in contraception. Yeah. There's two kids now. Who knows yeah. Who we're have. <laughs> and it's like, we don't, we don't own a house. I barely earn enough money to pay tax. I do. I do. Honestly, no, I do pay tax. I do pay tax. But it's like, uh, I don't. I don't have the skills. Yeah. To. Yeah. You have no marketable I've got skills. My no. I, you know, I could work in a, I could find a better advertising agency. I'm working freelance at the moment. Yeah. I could find somewhere where I could just roll in nine to five, stop doing comedy. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Or, or. I don't know how people do that though. I can't do that. Well, I don't like, know. I've tried so many times to roll in nine to five. I could get a $70,000 a year job and I think I could hold on to it for a few years. Okay. That's but good. there's nothing That's after that. Yeah. Like there's no, also. Then the, what? Well, the type of writing that I now am specialized in doing. Because we had my daughter, mm -hmm. and I just I just threw myself at writing work that uh -huh. was intended for people in the third world, <laughs> yeah. like the pay, yeah yeah I didn't yeah have yeah, any yeah doing it yeah it was like twelve dollars for uh -huh. a thousand words or something it's like wow. it's a rate that you you can't live on but yeah. I was I just would get up and I would write six thousand words a day wow of just like mindless copy mindless resource articles blogs I mean then we moved to Melbourne and I was still doing it uh -huh. and we had we were. We were staying in friends' houses. We had a baby with a child, and my wife not doing well. And I would like help her all day because she was post. She'd had a rough cesarean section. Yeah, yeah. She's not in good shape. We yeah, had a very loud baby. Uh -huh. And I would be with her and I helped during the day. And then I would have like four Red Bulls and sit in a McDonald's <laughs> and write five thousand dollars a copy. And then I managed to like flip that into uh, like a proper job doing yes. the same thing, but for you know for first world wages. Uh huh. Great. And then that's, that job changed and that the boss was like, I think we can get robots to do this writing. This wow. Is such bad writing. Really? I think robots can do it. And when I got whiff of that, I was like, ah, this is not going to be for me. So I've gone freelance and I'm getting more money, but I'm just, I'm doing that same level of work. Uh -huh. But, but you have to work to get the work as well because it's freelance. So much, so much yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. It's work all the time. And it's like, I am going to collapse. Do you think it's going to be okay? I mean, no, it has to. I you got the kids. It has to be okay. It has, yeah, I'm holding. I'm it shocked just has to be okay. together. And I just went on tour. Yeah. And I was. This is the other thing, weird thing because now I'm doing this freelance work. I'm sorry. I'm rambling. I'm getting some of this off the old chest. No, man. No, this is the good bit. I'm freelancing all day. Yeah. So when I'm not there looking after the family, it's like I, you know, wake up at nine ten because I was out late doing a show the night before, mm -hmm. and just like write thousands of words of like writing a board game, working for a bird charity, working for a pet <laughs> shop. And it's just like bang, 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 yeah. copy, 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 yeah. copy, 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 copy. And then I get out and I do a show. Uh -huh. And sometimes the show's all right, but uh -huh. sometimes it's like when you're on tour and you're doing show nine, yeah, like fifteen, yeah. You have to go to a museum or go for a walk or yeah, something. Yeah, you have to do something to relax your brain you're because you're writing all day. In front of the audience, and yeah. So this, and then I've just come back from that. One thing I did nicely was go on that train from Brisbane. To, oh. to Sydney. Oh, that that's was, nice. But I had an ear blocked up. A at the beautiful time. train. Oh, have you done the train? The no, sleeper carriage? I never have. I oh, do it, man. Do it. Oh, the sleeper carriage? No, sleeper carriage. surely you not. Bed. You get a bed. You do, I mean, that's nice. Two twenty dollars. Oh, right. Which, if you go like the flight, it's probably one. Probably about. Well, with the Ubers, you know. 
But well, actually, it's a good point with the Ubers, and it takes you into the center of town. Yeah, yeah. But also, you don't pay for a hotel or an Airbnb that night. <laughs> now that's fucking yeah, scrimping and saving mindset. I like I that. It's it's more affordable. I think more people. There's something romantic marriage. about a train, isn't there? Nothing romantic about the bus that gets no, you on the train no because the rail gauges are different, and so you don't get it from Brisbane. You get, oh. a, you get the bus to Casino. Where's that? Northern New South Wales. So like three or four hours on the bus to the casino or something. It's a couple of hours on the bus. And there yeah. was this, I told the story on my own podcast and I just done it on stage. I can't, but there was like a real full blown crazy, yeah. crazy bitch. Just like a nasty. Really? I might've closed my special with this story. Did you? <laughs> Getting punched in the face by a lady on the train. I didn't know. I didn't find yeah, it. No, well, on the train. Whatever. Well, whatever. 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 to get punched in the face on <laughs> On the, train. <laughs> on the train. Must be nice. Oh, it's frankly genteel. But I had to suffer through this woman on a bus. Uh, the train is, I don't know what it is about the train, but I, I loved it. Oh, I'm just thinking about the train oh. and I want to take my family on the train. Here's the thing about when you have the kids. Yeah. Everything is poisoned when you don't have them. I went to Bondi. <laughs> I've never been to, and Bondi was the most beautiful thing I'd ever, like Bondi Beach, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of the most beautiful places in the oh, world. Oh, it is beautiful. Absolutely. I, I've, I've seen National Geographic. Maybe, yeah. You know. And it's, it's like that. right there and you can hire a surfboard and go out in the surf next to the get, city. Get the bus to it. Yeah. You surf, you the 333. Three. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And then to be there without my children. Oh. I was like, I can't share this with my kids. Oh, you wanted to share it with your kids. Oh, it was hollow and it was sad. Yeah, right. So you're not saying everything is poisoned before you have children. You mean when you have children, oh. everything is poisoned when you're not with them. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, well, it, it lets you know that everything that you had before was everything selfish. Yeah. Gone. I don't. I. I'd love to be more selfish. I, wow. I you don't want to do all those things because you got the kids. It's some, but it's selfish to go like. There's a pleasure in having this for the self. I uh -huh. also don't want to just send my kids off to Bondi. Like I want to. Yes. You want to be there with, be with them and watch them enjoy it. Yeah. I always thought that. I thought like having kids would be like life is a party, and you know when you're at a party and you want to call your friends and get them to come to the party. Yeah. Having a kid is like calling a mate Absolutely. that you haven't met yet. Yeah. And being like you and I love this, and then you get to show them around the party. It is. And like be that. like, look at look at a tree. That How crazy mate, are trees? Your mate is on some weird drugs. Yeah. And is very upset. A yeah. Lot of the time. <laughs> how, long, how, how long is your yeah. podcast? I mean, for? I was how about long? to say, let's wrap it up. I how feel long? like we reached a nice point I'm there sorry before. I so much how, what's, I but I'm not going to edit this at all, James. I wouldn't either. That's beautiful. No, 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 no. Don't stop it now. I'm just going to say thank you for coming oh. on the podcast. Hey, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I appreciate sorry, you. I've, I've, I've uh, accidentally turned a lot of things on while I was in the car. Uh, I'm going to turn those off. I want to say, you've, you, I think you're very funny. Thank and you. uh, I, I think you're I, very funny. I, I, I'm sorry I rambled. No, I'm, I'm very, I love I'm the rambling. I, no, I apologize. I hope your kids are happy and uh, and I hope you figure out a way to make money from comedy. Tough for me to give you a lift under your mama's house. <laughs> All right, now let me, let me take the SD card out. So this is James Donald Force began Panamaran Plan. it that was james donald forbes mccann i hope you guys liked it as i said before i am touring in regional victoria in uh in june and july i've got a couple dates locked in possibly a ballarat to come but we'll see um if not i will probably be doing more in september when i get back from the edinburgh fringe um also newcastle in new south wales and fuck it if you know anyone in barcelona i'm doing a gig there on the 29th of july Something like that. Um, as they go on sale, they will be on my website, aidenjonescomedy.com. 
And thank you very much for listening. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.